It's just about that time of the week. Time for the Weekly Weebs Podcast. Grab your friends, family, waifus, and husbandos, and join your favorite weebs for an exciting show of anime talk. Hosts Crimson, Frenchie, Wickwicky, and Zario Machini will review and suggest shows, talk about news from the industry, and tackle some of the biggest arguments in the world of anime. It's the Weekly Weebs Podcast, starting now. Friends, family, random guy I may have met down the street without even realizing it. Welcome to the Weekly Weebs. I am your host this week, Crimson, and with me are some of my friends? Question mark? No. Still kind of debating on that. Uh, we've got to my left, Wickwicky. I'm getting ready to punch Crimson in the dick. You better not. Uh, and then we have Cremetta. I'm not gonna protect you. This is Frenchie. God damn it. <laughs> And next to him, uh, this is Zario Machini, and I might see a dick get hit today. <laughs> I just about did. That would have been bad. 724 has just hit. <laughs> Woo! We're until 725, technically, because it's still 724 at this moment. So this week's going to be just a little different than our previous episodes. Uh, normally around this time, we discuss the anime of the week. However, after some... Small brainstorming and realizing we're going to save that portion till the end. We want to be able to get to the the grit of the episode, the meat. The meat and potatoes, I guess, is what it's called. Is way, to, way to spoil the end of the episode for them, tell them what's going to happen. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just happy I don't have to put a spoiler warning anymore. Because if you haven't seen the show, you can just stop listening at that point. I mean, yeah. So this week, we're going to be kind of... Rehashing a little bit of last week's episode um, with what we were, dis- we were discussing. Uh, if you haven't watched it, definitely go check it out. Kind of help with a little bit of this. Otherwise, you don't have to. We'll just continue going on. Uh, and then we're going to be discussing a lot of changes that happened uh, with anime now versus back when it first came out. Such as like, you know, artwork, the plot, movies that have been coming out, stuff like that. Um... So, kind of rehashing into last week. I know we were discussing a little bit of it last week. I know we had some more to discuss. Do not look at me, because I do not remember. I can I can take that. Go for so, it. So, last week we talked anime movies. Yeah. And one thing we kind of left off to kind of help transition this week is been how movies themselves and anime have been incorporated into series. Yeah. yeah. You know, for the longest time. And vice versa. Yeah. Um, but for the longest time, you had movies from shows like Inuyasha, Naruto, One Piece, um, all the, you know, Dragon Ball Z, all the great classic shonen anime that they would have movies that would be completely separate from the series. I mean, one of the biggest ones is Broly that, you know, he had two movies, same with, uh, three movies. He had an entire trilogy back in Dragon Ball Z. Oh, that's Ball right. Z. Yeah. I yeah. forgot about Bio Broly. Uh, it, it's good that you forgot <laughs> Yeah, I. But everybody, if I have to remember it, so does everybody else. I mean, they've done that <laughs> recently. I've never seen it. I'm saying uh, they've, they've yeah, done that recently as well with like Seven Deadly Sins. They made that non-canon movie, but everything in it was pretty close to canon, aside from Escanor being in it. Which, I mean, that was 2016. I will look it up right I now. This one I can't out? look it up Some, right now. Something like that. But just looking back know. with. I mean, I'm always going to go back to Dragon Ball Z because those are the movies I watched, you know, yeah. with... There are right. so many of them. Android yeah. 13, the uh, cooler movies, and Broly, Bardock, all that stuff. None of the movies were canon. 
Yep. Which was a huge problem because it introduced some amazing characters. Yeah, they all just kind of were accepted by the fandom, but... Just <laughs> never officially approved by and, the creator. And if you tried to place them in the official timeline, it would make no sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we kind of saw that change with Dragon Ball Super yep. coming into play. You know, you had Battle of the Gods as one and... Return of Frieza. Yep. And, or the Resurrection. I can't remember what it was. Resurrection F. That's what it was. Um, AF. They were not (laughs) officially canon, but when Super started, they actually essentially made him canon because the first, like, I think it was, what, 10 episodes of Um, Super are just those two movies being incorporated with a little bit of changes. Yeah, the first two arcs of Super just (laughs) going back over the movies and even... uh, even Boruto did that uh, when they first released the the movie and then redid it for the anime. I was literally just about to ask you about Naruto and the Boruto movie. How many of the Naruto movies are canon? Uh, I want to say none of them. <laughs> okay, that okay. was easy. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, now... except for uh, in Shippuden, uh, the one called... Naruto, the last movie, which explains exactly how the Naruto and Hinata yeah. like end up getting Man, together. The Baruto movie, I'm going to tell you guys something that pissed me off. And they did, it. I think, the same thing with Dragon Ball Super with the movie. The differences in the movie and in the anime mm-hmm. slash manga. I don't know which one's accurate, but in Baruto, the movie, I think it's what it's called. I'm not entirely sure, to be honest with you. I'm blanking. But the villain in that, compared to the villain in the show, looked completely different when they fused or whatever. And that yeah. pissed me off quite a bit. I was like, dude, it was that's like, fucking dumb. You could have made him look as cool as he did in the anime and not this fucking red monster. That fight was still It was dope, yes. Really dope, though. But it was better in the anime. Yeah. Which usually, that's not the case, I feel like, with movies. That actually, the episodes they did for... Um, Super were both better and worse because the animation budget was not nearly as high in those episodes as it was in the movies. Because it wasn't being paid for by the Japanese government. Yeah. But that's why you have a couple episodes. I have a picture of Goku looking up and it's literally just two dots and a smiley face (laughs) on his face. And I'm like, what the hell is this? Also, the anime uh, redo of Battle of the Gods took out Vegeta's bingo dance. Yes. Which is a crime. But it did give us Ginyu... In Resurrection F. That's true. How often did you guys... Like, how often did you... How often do you guys pause shows that you watch to see, like, funny moments in animation that fail? Like, like, like you realize that the animation is bad, so you pause it just to see stupid shit. Are we talking Activism. anime as a whole, or Seven Deadly Sins' newest season with... <laughs> anime as a whole. <laughs> Anime as a whole, because it happens all the time. Like, Dragon Ball Super is littered with those moments yeah. that you could do. I have three specific ones that come to mind, all of which I took pictures of. One was <laughs> that one from Dragon Ball Super with Goku's face literally looking like a little smiley face. like <laughs> Almost like a less intelligent Pac-Man. And another one is actually Parasite, of all shows. Oh, really? When they're getting ready to storm City Hall, if you look... All the characters in the background just like look like me's from the Wii. Just look like <laughs> just look like me's, That's and like hilarious. every like fourth character is a repeat. Which is, I mean, it's pretty common because it's a background thing in yeah. an anime that came out like ten years ago. Yeah, and they want to save money. But the third one and time is in one of the Akatsuki fights in Shippuden. 
Um, I can't remember the puppet guy. Uh, sorry. Yeah, Sasori. Sasori of the Red. When he gets stabbed by his two parent puppets. Oh, the swords! The swords are going completely different directions yeah. than, the, than the entry points. I have a picture of that, and I'm like, this is one of the most heralded anime of all time. What the fuck? What? And it's a very important moment in the show. You're taking down one of the Akatsuki members. Hey. And it's the only cool thing that Sakura does in the first 400 episodes. It's uh, it's still better than the botched animation that they did for the Naruto versus Pain fight. I've seen things that say that I now I understand why it was like it was, but it's still not good. Yeah, because they did it to show the acceleration of motion, how fucking fast they're moving. Yep. Uh, yeah, I watched like an interview with the animator of that fight where he was talking about it. They did a similar thing in Black Clover. I was just about to bring that up with his fight where he gets his demon powers for the first time. Yeah, and it looked really bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can definitely agree with that one. I've watched Black Clover. Out of all these shows that you guys have been talking about, that's the one I've probably seen the most of. Yeah. And yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. But a great one you mentioned was Seven Deadly Sins. That we got reports from Japan. I was like, what the fuck is going on with this animation? And yeah. I will say, Netflix, I think, reworked some of it. Because some of the screen captures I saw from the Japanese sub were not there when it was released yeah. on Netflix, the dub. Why? Do you know why they switched animation studios for that season? Probably for money reasons, I'm sure. Probably. It's a, it was a stupid popular show. You think they would have enough money... I'm not sure about the specifics, but One Punch Man did that too between its two seasons. Man, I just finished the first season of One Punch Man. Yay! It's great. You saw the Boros fight? How'd you like it? The Boros fight is great, but oh my god, that show's so fucking stupid. I that's love what's it. amazing I about love it. it. That's what's and amazing about that's it. That's actually like a perfect thing of if you look today of how many kind of shows that have stupid but fun plots yeah. compared to how it was, you know, then you have all the serious ones. In back in the day, they were all together because yep. you look at a show. I was talking with him or with Wickhart about it because I just started One Piece as well. And the beginning of Dragon Ball, Naruto, One Piece, Inuyasha are so fucking childish, but also so fucking intense at the same time. They found a great way to balance it, which is why those shows were so successful. Yeah, even older ones like uh, Roroni Kenshin, which mm-hmm. is very you know, gritty kind of show about a guy beating people up with the back of his sword because he doesn't want to kill him. And then it goes to, like, really, like, hilarious anime, you know, bulgy-eyed triangle mouth-face moments. <laughs> it wasn't from an anime, but I have seen a moment like that uh, in a show called Hasbin Hotel, uh, which is a YouTube... It's a YouTube show. It's so far, it's only got a pilot, but they are expanding on it. I heard that that just got picked up recently. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited for it. But um, there is a scene, there's a couple scenes where uh, in the background, like when it's kind of supposed to be a more like intense moment, mm-hmm. you'll just see kind of like he was talking about with the dots and then the random smiley face on the people. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it fits for the moment, but I see what you did there. Uh, Animating is expensive. It is. And <laughs> a lot... Even with today's budgets and everything, and with, you know, inflation of prices and everything like that, anime has still managed to keep a very strong uh, fandom. Mm -hmm. Whether it be the older style of, you know, animation versus, like, the newer style. Whereas you have your uh, One Piece, for example, the kind of uh, 
more hand-drawn design, I guess you could say. Yeah. Versus uh, like Demon Slayer, one of the one of the more popular animes nowadays, where it's very uh, best word of term computerized, I guess you could say. Yeah. But still looks really good. I, I don't think it's like computerized. It is computerized, but they still draw it. Yeah. On the computer. I mean, like you see those artists that do that, it just makes it more clean cut. Yeah. Now, can I, what is, do you guys like that better or do you like hand drawn stuff better? I, wonder, Ooh, I, wonder. I think it kind of depends on the show because he mentioned Demon Slayer. I think the, the way that it's animated uh, is kind of a way that was not possible back then. I think it's oh, yeah. gorgeous. I think it's just phenomenal. Um, but I mean, there's so many older shows that did amazing things too like Gurren Lagann it's like the no. visuals in that are so amazing and it's much older and they didn't have the same uh, technology that they have these days I think that's one of the fun things about seeing shows build over the years and like having a new season mm-hmm. come out a couple years after because like a perfect example to me is Sword Art Online the first season, very 2D and very hand-drawn looking. Yeah. The second season, you start to see it a little bit with Gundale Online, where you start to see the city is kind of being more computerized looking. And then you get to Alicization, and the animation completely changes. Yeah. Same with Ordinal Scale, the movie, and that it is carried into War of Underworld. Yeah. But it, it's nice to see it, like, in real time, of seeing how a show changes season to season. Days. So would you say you like both, or do you prefer one over the other? I kind of like the new style. I think it makes it more intense feeling almost. Yeah. And, I mean, I just like it mostly because of Star Online. The story's gotten a lot better <laughs> as the years have gone on. But I think it has a more exciting feel to it. And, I mean, the way they did some of the sword fighting in Alicization was absolutely incredible. And just the, and it's not even just the visuals. The audio work yeah, has gotten true. so much better. Uh, I definitely would have to agree with you on that. Uh, kind of going back, uh, when we were talking about that also, like, another good example, Pokemon. I mean, it's an anime. It started forever ago, and, you know, it's still running now. They've had, yeah, they've had different, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Pumpernickel. Like, kind of, like, side series and side kind stories? Kind of, uh, yeah, kind of, but... When you go back to where, like, the very first episode where he's first, you know, first choosing his Pokemon, yeah. you can tell it has that kind of, like that I was saying earlier, that One Piece feel, where you can tell it's that kind of grittier animation, you could say, yeah. versus how it is now, where it's more crisp, it's cleaner, because, you know, obviously technology has evolved since then. Uh, I would definitely have to agree with uh, Frenchie on enjoying the newer style of animation versus the older. Uh, a lot of it has to do with uh, visuals for me where mm-hmm. if with like one piece one of the one of the big things with one piece i'll come i'll be probably coming back to that one i know wickhart you're really you're watching it now you're really dude, i'm it. really digging it dude um one of the reasons i could not keep myself in it i love the, the story of it i really do the one thing that i could not keep myself uh watching it was the way the art style was and it felt like uh Almost, if you've seen, like, Caillou, I know that's an old <laughs> PBS show, but, like, it's, like, the main character, and it's kind of, like, that whitish background, where, it should, obviously, you know, you're going to focus more on the character than the background, but 
because it's such a big world that they have built, you'd think there would be more, I guess, uh, detail with the background stuff. Whereas nowadays with oh, animation, now I know, I'm sure it gets better because it's been evolving. But like with today, yeah. you know, anime nowadays, you know, they spend time doing a lot of that detailed work on, you know, the cities, the people. Obviously, you know, Meliodas doesn't count in this category from the last season. But uh, it shows just how much technology has improved as well. And I think that was one of the big, again, that's one of the big reasons why it was harder for me and still is harder for me to get back, you know, go back to those older anime is because of that art style. Sure. Um, so going to your point of that, right, on Crunchyroll, you would have to watch it subbed. This is just specifically in regards to One Piece, because I figured this out myself. In specifically regards to the sub, they have an HD version mm. of the show on there. And it goes to past where I'm at, I'm pretty sure. It goes into like 600 episodes, I think, of the HD version of it. Okay. So that might help you a little bit. I will say their animation style is completely different from what I'm normally used to seeing with the skinny faces and stuff. But for what I prefer, what do you... I, I prefer... Uh, Actually, older style stuff. I like the hand-drawn yeah. stuff more. I don't have a specific reason as to why. It just feels right. Now, when you say you like that older style, I mean, I well, know you read... Examples. Well, I know you read a lot of manga. Also. A lot. But you've been picking up on yeah. manga lately. So, do you think that's probably why you like those older styles? I've liked it before I even read manga. Okay. Like, I didn't start reading manga until like a year ago. Gotcha. I just, I don't know, I just feel like, I'm not saying that they'd put more effort into it, because I don't think they necessarily do, because it still takes effort to do it on a computer. Mm-hmm. I'm not dogging all the digital artists out there at all. I just, just something feels about it, I feel like it's the nostalgic aspect of it, which gotcha. makes it more more appealing to me, and I just think it looks cooler, it looks edgier, you know? I think one of the things, too, about the older ones, it feels like it's easier to binge watch. I don't know what it is, but it feels like it kind of flows better because you don't have those big visuals that happen. Like I, that's at least what I have felt when I've been binge watching the first couple seasons of Inuyasha. Yeah, it's felt like it's flowed a lot better. I'm so and, happy you're making that journey. Yeah, I am After about I a fourth it. the way through it right now. <laughs> and then you know, I'm I animated a uh, you. <laughs> deal with uh, Wickhart that I will watch 114 subbed episodes of One Piece to get his ass to finally fucking watch the dubs of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood and Code Geass. Yes. What I've been working for three plus years to get him to watch. Come on, man. You don't want to watch my favorite show of all time. I've literally started watching it and then I stopped watching it because I got fucking confused and I was like, fuck this for a minute. I'll come back to it. And I just never came back to it. Guess <laughs> what he's going to come back to now and yeah. restart. From yeah. that... I just, I watched the wrong one, and then I started watching the other one, and I was like, wait, I've already seen this. I mean, it's okay to watch the wrong one first, Yeah, well, I didn't know about hate it. I, I didn't, I didn't know the about one. the the difference the in the, the wrongs yeah. and stuff, so I watched that, it's like, okay, and then I started watching the new one, I got halfway through, and I was like, alright, I'm gonna watch something else before I burn down on it. It's like that shit with me in video games, I'll play Assassin's Creed for a while, and then I'll stop because I don't want to get burnt out. Then I'll go play a different game and I'll come back to Assassin's Creed and I'll get fucking confused as shit on how to work the controls. And I'll just be like, alright, fuck this game. I'm deleting it. <laughs> I think that was my... I think that's one of the very few 
older animes that I can watch is uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood with mm-hmm. regards to, uh, again, kind of the art style of it. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily call Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood an older anime. It came out in the late 2000s. Well, so yeah. it, it's kind of that transition period mm-hmm. where it still kind of has the hard-drawn lines, but it's more of a 3D model. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's... I think that <clears throat> might be... Again, That, like I said, that's like one of the older... Like, one of the only ones that I've watched of that old time that I've been able to very thoroughly enjoy. One, because the story caught my attention greatly, and we will get more into that in a second. But two, I just really... like. The, again, the art style of it, considering how, you know, when it first came out for Brotherhood, it was really good. And, you know, like I kind of mentioned earlier, with the detail of everything, even some of the background soldiers, they still had, you know, pretty good amount of details. Yeah. And they all weren't looking the exact same. This reminded me of a fight that involved, like, thousands of background soldiers, and they just all got fucking bodied. Was it the one in Naruto? Yeah, Shippuden. Yeah, yeah. the the, yep, the episode titled Madara Uchiha. Yep, aka my favorite episode in the entire series. It's so fucking good, dude. You know, I thought of my first thought was of a three D more three D model was Overlord, where yeah. he summons the fucking giant beast and they start just trampling. The, yeah, the the babies of death. Um. So one of my favorite examples of like what we see with new versus old anime, um which also kind of fits into, you know, the stuff with the canonization of, uh, of movies is the, with the series Neon Genesis Evangelion. Mm-hmm. Um, are you guys fans of that series? I have I not watched, watched it. it. I, I watched I, part of it. I, I kind of know the gist of it. Okay. You told me it came out on Netflix. Yes. You told me to watch it. Yeah. And then you, I think the, you said the there was a... series is on Netflix. And I think you said there was a new dubbed adaptation to it. Yeah, and you told yeah. me to. Wa- I asked you which one to watch, and you told me that I forgot. And I never just watched Did it. Just watch the one that's on Netflix. Finding the original dub is really hard because that studio hasn't existed for a long time, mm-hmm. and that's why there is a new dub. What um, did you? What did you the, say it was called again? Neon Genesis Evangelion. It's like it's like Gundam, but with with skin, flesh, and bone. Uh, <laughs> but joyous. So. You know, that was uh, a decently old anime, you know, like early 90s, mm-hmm. um, you know, old now. Uh, and it looked really good for its time, and the designs are all very, mm-hmm. like, unique and awesome. Uh, and then they've been, and this is still, like, in the works, they've been redoing the series as movies, making, like, certain changes to the story as a whole, but overall kind of improving it. And you can kind of compare the uh, old versus new animation, and uh, it like the the newer animation like makes the the Avas look way better. It makes the the people they fight, which are they fight angels, it makes all of them look way better and more like imaginative. Uh, it's been gorgeous, and uh, that's my personal favorite example of like actually seeing the, the transition. The, yeah, kind of. Jumping with the movie theme, uh, one of the things we wanted to talk about definitely was kind of how, uh, you know, obviously we're talking about how anime has changed, um, and one of those things has been movies. Um, I know one of the biggest movies out nowadays, and is very, I think it's number three right now, if not, maybe now it's number two, uh, the new Demon Slayer movie. Obviously, I don't think 
any of us have seen it except for one of us, maybe. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it. I've read it. Gotcha. Yeah, um, but none of us have watched Infinity Train yet. Yeah. I've tried. I couldn't find it. But uh, that movie kind of comes to show just how anime has kind of changed where, you know, they're doing a show, then they're doing a movie, then they're doing a show. Mm-hmm. And same with, like, uh, My Hero Academia. They've now done two movies. None of which have been legal, I guess, considered canon, quote unquote. Oh, they're definitely canon. They're yeah, the first one you could definitely consider canon. Uh, the second one, I believe they've said, it takes place a couple seasons later. Yes, it takes place after the next one coming up in the anime. So season, season six? Yeah. It, the, the new movie was more to cater to like the manga readers because it's closer to where they are. Gotcha. Uh, but the first movie is canon and they even talk about it in the show so what do you think i guess what do you think studios have done with these movies that they may not have done or that may be better than what they did back when anime first came out because i mean obviously i haven't watched a bunch of like the older animes i'm a newbie more to say so i am curious as to what you guys think in regards to uh how, again how movies have changed from now versus then I actually know, uh, at least partially, um, a big difference between then and now. Um, Dragon Ball Z being the biggest example, a lot of times they would have a third party make the movie, and the person in charge of of the series would kind of oversee it, maybe shoot some ideas, give some art designs, but for the most part, it would be this, uh, this third party, uh, you know, I mentioned Dragon Ball Z, the uh, the legendary Super Saiyan movie that introduces Broly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Akira Toriyama only drew Broly, and then the rest of the movie was some third party like studio. Um, so a lot of the the older ones did that. Uh, now, I don't think that's the case. I think it's more in house, and in my opinion, you can you can tell because. You don't have to be worried about relying on other people to focus on your timeline and your story and stuff like Because everybody in, involved knows what's going on. Yeah, I think some of the big things is that now people are using it not just as a way to tell a different story and make extra money. It's a way to help push your story along mm-hmm. and have a big budget to do it versus you know, spread out a bunch of a lot of episodes. Now, that was the thing when I watch Heroes Rising. I'm like, you know, I think MHA is very overrated, but after watching <laughs> the fucking movie, it's like, okay, now I under- I remember why I love this show so much. Heroes Rising is a really good example of being able to push along a different story, but also fit into the overall narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if they ever do get back around to doing more episodes of Super, Broly's a perfect connector yeah. there. Um and just to have Broly canon was just such a huge thing. Also to have a, you know, a visual representation of what King Vegeta looked like. And Bardock. And Goku's mother. Just making all those characters canon. I think yeah. it was a good thing for all the people that grew up with the series. Just solidifying those characters and making them real for us. Even yeah. though we knew they were real. But making them real for us. And basically turning Goku into Superman. Yeah. That his parents putting him in a pod is sending him off a dying planet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was already kind of true. Yeah, but, but now... But we got to meet Goku's mom. Yeah. Which was really fun, too, because there was always the... 
you know, in the Bardock movie is the Saiyan that was on his team was Goku's mom. It's like, nope. <laughs> no, we actually have... Goku has a mom. Me familia. Yeah. Me the, familia. Yeah, and there was a manga that kind of explained that where the Bardock part of the Broly movie drew inspiration from. But it's nice that there is actual, like, an anime representation that solidifies it into the canon. Yep. Uh, kind of going back to what you were saying with uh, the third-party thing. So we know that studios nowadays used to do that, and we don't necessarily... I, I personally don't know if they do that now with movies, but I do know, like, with... Um, when it comes to certain shows, they have a tendency of changing companies which result in like different animation yeah uh one of those biggest examples is again the, la the latest season of seven deadly sins mm -hmm. that one was a big one that when they were just you know when they were getting ready to come out with that that was the biggest news was that they were switching over companies and yeah. you can tell by the animation do you guys think sometimes that's a good thing to do do you think they could have just stuck with what they should have done what what are your guys opinions on this i would say that it with Seven Deadly Sins, it almost ruined the entire show by switching animation companies. From what I saw when I was waiting for the new season to come on Netflix so I could watch it, all the fucking shit talking that was happening about the show, how many people fucking hated it, how they ruined the one of the most anticipated fucking fights in the entire show between Meliodas and uh, Escanor. They fucking botched it. Yeah. And people were pissed. And they were like, we don't know how this series is going to continue. If they keep up with this animation, because people were fucking mad, and I did, I honestly didn't like the animation when I was watching it, for when even after they changed it, because like, why are you gonna make people's blood white, dude? Why are you just gonna fucking change that? Was that? Really weird. That, that made was. me mad as fuck. I was like, I will say though, they did that at the beginning of the season. They did change it back to red in the middle of the season, but still, which was like, just, really weird. Like, don't fuck with it. Dude. That that almost makes it worse. Yeah. Where they keep it for part of it and then get rid of it mm -hmm. later on. That's just laziness. Uh, yeah. I will say the story was still pretty good. Oh, yeah, no, the story's amazing. Mm -hmm. It's just... The story was good enough to make me want another season. Yeah, they just, just gotta fix their animation issue. Because I didn't really even think about it until, like, later on in that season, near the end, where you, you kind of start seeing, like, the bigger armies and stuff like that. And during the Escanor Meliodas fight and... Yeah, that's so disappointing. That, yeah, I was. I remember feeling really bummed out about that fight. I, I was also really disappointed with the end fight with uh, why am I blanking his name? The guy who's like, I'm now Meliodas. Oh, the brother, you can with yeah, me, yeah, brother. yeah. That fight, like, I was like, that, but they feel like they butchered, they butchered all the awesome fights. Bryce Pappenbrook, number two, yeah, exactly. Um. Yeah, so for Seven Deadly Sins, they kind of botched that, and you're definitely right. Uh, I want to say uh, One Punch Man, when they switched over, when they switched companies, a lot of people online were kind of complaining about it too. But when I watched season two of One Punch Man, I didn't really notice much of a difference. I didn't either. People still, you know, get killed just as quickly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. But you the, just gotta take to the internet and cyberbully more animation studios, just like you did with Sonic. Yeah. Hey, they that worked though. It yeah, worked. It for that the worked in their favor. Yeah. Um, French, what about you? Any thoughts? I mean, like, was Seven Deadly Sins a great example of how making one choice 
can almost destroy your show, yeah. but you have a good enough story to fix it. There are other examples where you make a choice to do something different, and as we've seen it, and it was kind of going back to Evangelion when they released the movies mm-hmm. to retell the story for a new audience. We got to be... Keep going. We got to be um, the beneficiaries of that with Code Geass. Yes. Where they released a movie for each of the two seasons and then released a third movie, which is canon Yep. now officially. Because I think technically the show's not canon. Yeah, the, the actual TV series is no longer canon. Because they made a huge change in the movie, which we won't mention because I want him to watch... <laughs> Code Geass, but they made a huge change that the two of us and our mutual friend in the theater looked at each other like, what the fuck? Why would you change that? And we didn't let go of it for the entire movie. We, spent we still like, haven't we, let go of it. We, we spent the first, I want to say, 15 minutes of the movie, because you find out pretty quick about this thing, and we spent like the first 15 minutes just with our jaws on the floor, like, hold up, we're not going to go back and talk about this? So they literally just... Uncannoned the canon show. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, because they, the like, they made retelling movies and, and then those changed some small, some giant details. And, and like, I want to go back and watch the movies and figure out how they changed it. Just yeah. watch I'll just I'll I'll watch all the movies with you guys after oh, I watch the show. I know exactly what they did. They took out the Mao arc. And without those three episodes, oh. it takes away a lot of snowballs. Oh my god, that's one of the best moments of the series. Yeah. <laughs> god damn it. Anyway, when they released uh, Lelouch of the Resurrection, it was a great kind of peak point of the series to kind of finish it off, but leave the door open potentially if they were to make more. Yeah, they kind of cracked it like, eh, you guys want it? You guys want it? And, and I'm we like, yes. after they announced the movie was coming out, because they announced it, like, right before I watched the series. And then our friend told us that a movie was coming out, and I went, Are you fucking kidding me? That's awesome! I squealed. I squealed! But, originally we thought it was going to be a third season. Yeah. Not a movie. And it's... And we don't count Akito the Exiled. No. Those those are garbage in comparison. Yeah. They don't have Lelouch. Yeah. There's, there's no point to Kogiyaz without Lelouch. He's yeah. the best part. And it's also especially not canon if the series not canon. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, uh, that's that's one where making the new story was a great thing, mm-hmm. but also making certain decisions was not good. <laughs> what about you? There's one show that I f- forgot to talk about that I wanted to mention when it comes to change in animation style that, for the better, especially, and because it was a reboot. The complete opposite of Seven Deadly Sins and going the wrong direction. This went the right direction. Mm-hmm. Hunter Hunter. I didn't watch the old one. I was specifically told not to. I almost did. I'll probably do it at some point just to see what it's like. I watched the wrong but, one for a little bit. Yeah. And then I watched the two different fight scenes between... Uh, how far are you in it? Uh, I just started... Oh, wait, no. You, you passed it. I remember you've, you went to Green Island, so you've already seen it. Oh, yeah, one, yeah. I think. Uh, when... Um, Chain guy. Karapika? Karapika fights uh, Udon. I think is his name. Oh, the the dude from the Spider yeah. Gang? The, the big hand guy. Yeah, just looking at those two fights, they so glad they went this other direction. Yeah. Along, Phenomenal. And it's kind of one of the things we talked about in one of our first episodes, where anime that deserve a remake, mm-hmm. and 
we brought up Hunter Hunter as a great example, but also one we just watched two weeks ago, Fruits Basket, yeah. did the same thing. There's a complete change mm-hmm. in the animation. The nine, or late 90s one has the traditional hard-drawn lines, you know, the big anime eyes and stuff like that of a, a Slice of Life anime from that mm-hmm. time. Now it's, you know, still kind of has that same look in the eyes and stuff like that, especially with Toru. Mm-hmm. But it's got the 3D model now. And yeah. the animation, it looks more like it's it's brighter, for one. That's the, the older ones always seem, like, just so flat. Now it seems like someone took a fucking light and pointed it down. They just see, like, it's not like, oh, they were dark before. But it's... It feels lighter and like it's coming off the page. I want to say that's actually a good point that I didn't think about until now. Uh, where newer like animation software really helps with depth. Yes. You watch you watch some of the older shows and depth doesn't really happen. Uh, and, you know, there's still plenty of those shows that, you know, still look fine. But with that depth, it makes everything look more like you're there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of helps more with, like, including the audience, I feel. Yeah, and that kind of goes tying back with, like, the, uh, how older animation has changed with newer versus newer animation. I think it has to do with a lot of the, uh, technology nowadays, how it's evolved so much over 30 years now. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was definitely something that companies are able to do now, where they can give us more of those 3D designs and give us more of that depth to make us really feel like we're a part of it versus yeah. uh, some of the older ones where it's the story would make you feel a part of it but not necessarily the animation per se if that kind of makes a bit of sense. Yeah. If your show is good enough to survive with the old animation with the story imagine what it's like with newer animation. Like you were to take some of the old Inuyasha fights. Like the ones that I've seen mm-hmm. with um uh, Maru and Naraku. Yeah. To see some of those fights with him using his sword and just the ability that they could do. Like, just watching what I've seen from Sword Art Online, mm-hmm. to have Inuyasha doing that would be absolutely incredible. Which we might get to see with the new Yashihime series. Yeah. I would say I would agree with you. Like, all these cool ass like, shows that were hella popular if they were to reboot it in today's animation how fucking even how even more popular would they be I imagine the Frieza fight with today's animation oh god I can't, it'd be shorter I can't, hopefully I can't <laughs> they, they say that a lot from that I would say One Piece probably would be one of those that again with that older animation style if they were to do some sort of reboot with it with today's technology, I mean, you obviously... Mean like their current well, series? I mean, like I was about to say, I know obviously that, you know, it's still running, and they, they have changed it quite a bit. They can't physically do it. It's time to reboot One Piece. Let's go. <laughs> hey, it's okay. a reset. It'll the finally... world is sick of it. We gotta do it again. Do you know how many... Uh, okay, It'll I'll, start I'll... coming out in 2050, but we're I'm rebooting. not gonna look it up, but this is like one of the only anime that has outlived its voice actors. Oof. They've gone through like, I think maybe like seven voice actors in the dub. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I was looking at the main characters when I started watching it today. I and mean, a lot of the main ones are still mainstream. Like, I know, I just watched a YouTube video like literally like three days ago. Like the two main <laughs> ones, like the fir- three main ones for um, Luffy, Nami, and um, Zoro 
are Colleen Clankenbeard, Lucy Christian, and Chris Sabat. Yeah. So they've been... It, I will say, that just shows how long they've been in the fucking industry. That's true. Yeah, it's true. Also, Chris Sabat, I mentioned this in our group chat, is... The, he's the goat. I mean, he's so yeah. fucking cool, I and the fact Chris that Abbott. he voices arguably two of the three greatest number two characters of all time as Vegeta and Zoro, and the other one probably being Sasuke. But you know, he's also arguably the number two character in the newest, most See, I mean, popular. No, okay, re- rewind. Uh, Who vo- he didn't, He's not voice Sasuke. Yeah, no, yeah. I said he's the only one he's missing. Oh, the, oh, as a number two yeah. character. He's got two of yeah. the top three. Okay, yeah, I was like, oh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> well, yeah, no, it's Yeah, yeah. second. I was like, huh. But now, if Chris Sabat did voice, like, the older Soaske, like, Shippuden onward, I probably wouldn't have been too mad about that. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> Imagine him, you know, he's only, like, kid Soaske. Yeah. Like, finding his dead family yeah. Soaske. He's only that episode. Yeah. <laughs> He just has all that gruff. Like Itachi, just, how could you do this? He just does this the same voice that he does for Zabuza. Yeah. I will find my brother and kill him. And then he just has like the Sasuke <laughs> voice we know him as in, in Shippuden. Oh my god. That would be amazing. Um, you know, uh, I mentioned earlier um, Gurren Lagan. That was made by the same company that does... Uh, Fooly Cooly. I don't think I've seen that. Um, it's potentially one I might uh, assign in the future. I oh. can't find it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, good luck. Can uh, you spell it? Well, the official title is FLCL, but it's pulled out as Fooly Cooly. Found it. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> I literally have it right here on Crunchyroll. Yeah, yeah. but I don't have Crunchyroll. I'm talking uh, about the dub. The, you know. The proper way to watch anime. Oh, We're not going back into that. That was our first episode. <laughs> we are way too many um, episodes forward now. <laughs> uh, but we so always rehash the subject. Let's go. So those those two shows, the way that their character designs are not are not uh, designs that we see at really anymore in any other studio. Like the way that their eyes are drawn in particular is very unique. Um, and everything's just kind of... I literally thought you were about to cry for a second. Every, everything's just kind of... Uh, it's just kind of out there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, yeah, I don't... Uh, I watched Fooly Cooly first. I've watched that several times since I was a kid. And then, you know, I watched Gurren Lagann somewhat recently. You've changed uh, the way you said that three different times. Tonight. They do it in the show, too. So, to be fair... Fair enough. Uh, I, you get confused. Yeah. Uh, Continue. Like, like, different characters in the show pronounce it differently, so I'm not actually sure the proper way to say it. I, I don't know either. And I will keep changing. Fair enough. <laughs> Continue. It'll cycle. But, you know, they have uh, such a unique style of animation that I just, like, don't see anywhere else. Uh and I, I love both of those shows, and they have such a similar feel of just in-your-face right. craziness. Yeah. Uh, kind of talk about how uh, stories have changed throughout time as well. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, some of the older anime, I know One Piece is still on this, basically the same story, per se. 
Uh, oh no, dude! It's a continuous story. It's the entire yeah. But like for the One Piece, bro. Dragon Ball. That story has changed. Um, what else can I think of at the moment? Naruto. So like, okay, wait, hold up. What do you mean by like story change? Because like, so it kind of hasn't changed. There's still a story about Goku, Vegeta, and all that. Like, still a story about Goku. So I, I guess they have, they have their underarching like well, lines and stuff. You know. I'll say for example of this. Um, one piece mainly was a story about Luffy wanting to be the pirate king, and, and that's still piece, yeah. and that's still going right. And the story for Dragon Ball is Goku wanting to be the strongest, and it's still prevalent. I feel like not necessarily. Uh, Dragon Ball when it came out was just a story about finding the Dragon Balls, and then when Dragon Ball Z came out, like Dragon Balls are such a B plot, and like, they do something... Now it very much is a Goku has to be the strongest. Uh, and then, you in the schnoz. And then sometimes they're like, hey, maybe we should find the Dragon Balls. Galaxy Balls, bro. The biggest balls in the mall. The, the Super the Dragon super Balls? Dragon yeah, balls. there we go. That's one of those... Super Dragon Balls is one of my favorite lines because it's one of those things where in the sub it's still English and I really like it when shows do that. <laughs> so, you know, they're speaking Japanese, and then somebody will just scream, Super Dragon Ball! Super Dragon Ball! <laughs> oh my god. Is that, do they do that? Like, why do they do that? It's just because they don't it's have a probably, translation for it or something? Maybe. I also think that part of it is because they know, like, Americans are watching. I think some of it also has to do with proper, uh, proper, like, uh, pronouns, I guess you could say. Yeah. Like with uh, some like certain names and stuff. If yeah. you in America tell them your name is Zachary, you know they might not have a Japanese translation of Zachary, so they try and say it in English. Right. So Zachary. maybe, so maybe something like that is along the lines of like if it's something that's like a proper noun kind of a thing. It's more said in an English tone because it's more of what it's pronounced. Like a square yeah. enix. I'm, that's technically proper now that was originated in Japan. Mm-hmm. They don't. I'm pretty sure they don't have a name other than square enix that they say in Japan. Super Dragon Ball just kind of gets me because throughout the series they say Dragon Ball in Japanese. Okay. And super is every other word that they say and is also oh. in Japanese. But when you put them together... They say it, it, it's in English, yeah. Gotcha. And, and that's and that's what kills me. Uh, oh. Another one of my favorites is in, in Naruto Shippuden. Uh, the Raikage has a move called Liger Bomb, <laughs> which is in English no yeah. matter what. <laughs> and they say it in Japanese. They say like, it in the sub, yeah. He, that's weird. He, yeah, he does it to Sasuke. Oh. So he just yells, Liger Bomb! <laughs> just Arnold Schwarzenegger style. It's kind of Arnold Schwarzenegger style. Oh, my word. Um, but yeah, so talking about story back then versus story now, um, obviously with some shows that have been running for quite a while, you know, the story stays relatively the same versus shows that are nowadays where there's a lot of like A plot, B plot, uh, hero and villain and main, like sub villains, kind of like, uh, MHA for example. Um, do you think that that was probably for the better to have shows do that with their stories or would do you think maybe something from back in the old days where it would be more 
I, I do you guys like, understand what I'm trying to ask? It's it's well, a little weird trying to I, ask it. I, th- I think I I think I know where you're coming from, because uh, uh, an observation I have is that uh, longer running shows nowadays versus like older ones, um, you know the older ones have a lot of filler that has nothing to do with the plot. Okay. Um, and whereas nowadays, if there is filler, it's it's not like too out there and still like kind of part of the plot still tied to it somehow like the black clover stuff yeah and like there's shows like bleach that just dilute themselves (laughs) with filler and i think i yeah i think a lot of shows don't want to be bleach so so they so they improved their overall story and incorporated filler like into it i I feel like that's a, a pretty good answer to you to yeah that your question pretty much nailed yeah nailed it okay so Accurate. i think all shows have like a super overarching plot yeah. right like just one thing that focuses and they always have subplots i think that's just something that's always been there throughout any show that has more than one season i feel like yeah i feel like there's like a just like a, a big like overall thing that they're always going to hit on throughout the entire thing and then once they're officially done they're going to fucking end that thing hopefully anyways so that I was going to say, look at my hero. The overarching plot is that he's going to become the number one hero, but there's a thousand other side plots that are going on at the same time. Do you think fillers nowadays are much better than what they used to be? Filler? Yeah, absolutely. It's way better than what used to be. I think some Naruto fillers are... like I've seen all of Naruto and Naruto Shippuden from start to finish multiple times. They have some really bad filler, but there's some of there that fucking slaps. Uh, the uh, the Ninja War filler is pretty good, mm-hmm. actually, and fits in with the war oh, really me. well. All you need to know about filler is that I have not seen a series nowadays that has Garlic Jr. That's all you need to know about filler that, being better nowadays. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's great. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that about does it for the main... Uh, topics of our day. Let's jump into uh, what we thought of the uh, assignment for Erased. You gotta give our anime assignment before we go on. Oh yes, I do have to yeah, do that. We, we finished our meat, now we get our pudding. Uh, I have scoured... So I always eat the pudding before the meat. I was real. Uh, uh, I have scoured through Netflix to find a show and the one I've chosen is Agretsuko. I believe is how you pronounce it. Ooh, I've wanted to watch this for it, a long time. I'm going to assign the three seasons of it. It's 30 episodes, but each episode, except for the last one in season three, are all 15 minutes. The last one is 24. <gasps> so, <gasps> fuck. So it's still relatively short assignment. It definitely can be done in the week. Um, but as the assignment for the week... Uh, so we will uh, we will go ahead and discuss uh, kind of a sub assignment for the four of us uh, watching the first five episodes of One Piece We're calling every it. week. We're calling it One Piece at a time. God, there's no need to rush. It's like learning to fly or falling in love. There's probably a fruit for those things, right? Can we get in trouble the... for quoting a song lyric? Yeah, for if you do it long enough. Alright. I'm not like, ready for I this I assignment. Two sentences. It's all good. Yeah, do it five episodes at a time. Yeah, You're it. fine. It's easy, dude. It's literally going to take the rest of our lives. Yeah, this is something that we discussed uh, last week before recording. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we've decided to... 
give this Take a that dive. fucking sub segment. I'm so happy that I have people doing it with me, and I hope you continue after episode 114. Oh, don't worry, Wiki, we'll do it with you. Oh, 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 I'll ask that, the regret. That's a sexual innuendo right there, if I've ever heard one. Is it? Maybe oh, I'm not. No, couch. I didn't mean that. Oh, no. What, I will what ask have I done? The regretful question. Thoughts on the first five episodes? It starts out oh, I'm just sorry, like. I didn't know we were starting to get it. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. The series starts exactly like I expected it to. It's got the same type of kiddish feel as all the other classic long anime Inuyasha, Naruto, and Dragon Ball. It's got the old hard drawn lines like we were talking about earlier. It's yep. kind of childish. Mm. Not necessarily childish, but it's more fun and funny than it is trying to be a hard hitting series because I feel like that's the easiest way to draw people, especially at that time when anime was still new. Mm-hmm, they were fair. trying to, you know, be lighthearted and make you want to watch more of it. Yeah. That's fair. I agree. I feel like I'm just super excited that you guys are starting to watch it. And within the first five episodes, you get introduced to your second devil fruit power. And just to how crazy they can get and how interesting they Is can be. Is that the Chop Chop guy? Yep. Am I remembering that right? Yep. Captain Buggy? Yep. I remember he was introduced pretty early. Oh, dude. He, I'll get started and, and get he's, caught he's, up. I'll just watch the first ten episodes. He's pretty through. important. Uh, I've struggled with this show. I've said it numerous times on the podcast. I've struggled with trying to get through this show. I think I've only gotten through... 14 or 15 episodes and uh, again it goes back to the animation style I, I don't know why that stopped me i know obviously it gets better you know as the episodes go because it's been out for fucking ever but it's going to be a struggle for me i do like the idea of the story it does pique my interest luffy in the dub because i'm going to continue to watch it though dude the dub is trash I like Luffy's voice in the dub. I will say that. I enjoy it. And I will say, the opening song in the first season in English is pretty good. I I enjoy it. I like the upbeat kind of uh, feel it has to it. Um, But, I mean, I've got no choice but to watch this at this point. Once I get done with the weekly assignments, I'll jump in and see how much I can get. It's only the ones where we have less than 25 episodes. Yeah, so like this week we won't have to do it. Yeah, this week you don't have to do it. Oh, good. Unless you want to. I'll still watch. No one's stopping you. I'll still watch the first five just to get caught up with you guys. If I have, I'm still going to continue watching because I want to get this done as soon as possible. (laughs) Because I just want him to fucking watch Fmab and Kogias. I if I get the chance to this week, I will. I'm still trying to get through season one of Fire Force. Oh, you're still not done with that? Bro, I've been trying. Oh, <laughs> How do you try to do that? You just do it. it well, the problem, is, the so problem is, because of my work schedule and everything, I try to cram the weekly sign in as much as possible with my work schedule yeah. so that by the time we have our session uh, you know, with our podcast, yeah. I don't have much time to watch all their shows. Here's the I idea. only got through two episodes of Fire Force today after watching the assignment. Here's the idea. Well, you didn't have to play Spider-Man today, did you? No, you didn't. I was going to say, we sat down here for at least three hours. Hey, I mean, Miles Morales is a great so game and just came out. You can't make any excuses. Yeah, so that's your fault. Also, you can um, also watch anime while you play I games. I say, you can also just quit your job. Yeah, you okay. Could, you could and just you're actually trying stop to dedicate working. Your time. Just Let me just yeah. not pay my mortgage or Start my bills or my fans. car. No! I mean, All you really need get, get is to pay your phone bill 
and for a Crunchyroll or Funimation account, you can watch all the anime you need. <laughs> oh my god. That's the, those are the only two priorities. No, no, no. He just needs a data plan and he can use one of my websites. That's fair. I have unlimited. Oh! So I believe that was our quick segment of One Piece. Yep. yep. That one was piece, pretty easy. Piece. Most piece important thing, get to learn the uh, Double Fruit powers and get introduced to... Our, Some iconic characters. Yeah. Luffy, Nami, and Zoro so far. Yeah. Yep. Buggy plays a cool role, cool, cool role in the show. Um, so we will go ahead and jump into the weekly assignment of a race. I said it once before. I'm going to say it again. You son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. What in God's name did you bring down upon he us? He introduced what? us into an amazing show. What? You didn't like it? Oh, I loved it. You, you didn't like it? I, I will mean... say this. The first episode or two, I did not enjoy it. Yeah. I felt like this was going to be a struggle for me to watch. And then it started picking up really quickly, and I'm like, oh shit, and I couldn't stop watching it, and then it got more intense, and more intense, I'm like, ah. like I was, I was getting anxiety. If you made that actual noise. I, I think I so. did once, honestly, not gonna lie. I was getting anxiety from this show. There are a few times where that noise is warranted in that show. That's fair. It, it took me exactly one episode to fall in love with that series. The yeah. moment... That everything happens with his mom, and he has to try and escape. I'm like, okay, this just took a huge turn and has my attention. Yeah, actually, the, that was the moment that I started liking it. The, it was the, the first episode. Yeah, yeah. His mom gets yeah. stabbed in the first episode. But, but it was at the very end. The first, yeah. very beginning was struggling for me, and then it got to that point, and really, I agree with you. It very much caught my attention. So one thing that, because this is a show that I watched, that I saw like on a whim on Netflix... Where I, I looked at it and was like, eh, you know, give it a try. You know, it sounds kind of interesting. And, man. You went you, down a rabbit hole. You <laughs> almost think it's a different show the first half of the first episode. Yep. When he, when uh, Satsuro or Satori is uh, explaining Revival and you're like, oh, he jumps back at five minutes or so. He's like... The universe's time cop, basically. Something goes wrong, he has to fix it. And that's kind of the show I expected to walk into. And then his mom died, and he's a kid. And I'm like, oh. (laughs) Okay. Emotional wreck time. All right. We're going way back. All right. This is a trip. A way different show. An emotional rocket ship. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) You prefaced us with it last week, calling it a slice of life anime. It is. Bullshit! It it is a slice of life anime. And what life? (laughs) It's also kind of a super, not necessarily supernatural. Well, so is Fruits Basket. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a slice of life. Some some may say sci-fi. We're not getting back into that. A lot of of slice of life shows have supernatural elements. it's more of a thriller than it is. It's a mystery, murder mystery thriller than yeah. it's a slice of life. That's fair. If we're comparing slice of life to fruit basket, look, look half... even to Anohana. <laughs> look, all I'm saying is there's a big chunk of the show that's legitimately just like kids being kids. Well, he's trying to prevent a kidnapping and murder. Yeah, and but her, sometimes and he forgets about from... that and he's back to just being a kid and he's playing. Yeah, and he's and even like, to, I love having friends. This and is a he's good also time. trying to, you know, help his friend not get beaten by her mom. Well, you know what? I think that's something we should all do. Slice that's of life. Right. Boom. Shut <laughs> the hell up. I will say, before even any of that happened, I was, I was hooking the show right away. Mm-hmm. As soon as he explained 
what his powers was and it demonstrated it, I was on it. I was like, I love this concept already. Yeah. And like you said, totally threw me for a fucking loop. Because I didn't read the description at all. I had what you had to tell me. I forgot about it. And then I just started watching the show because I knew I had to watch it. I thought it was going to be... You said about an, a manga artist and like yes. he has this power. I'm like, God, he's going to be about him like trying to prevent bad things happening in his life. I'm like, technically I was right, yeah. but Jesus Christ. Yeah. And that's also kind of what the Netflix description makes you believe. Is that like things have gone wrong in his life and he has the power to change them. But it's like not really his life. Yeah. Until it's his mom. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I think one of the big things, too, is that from the very beginning, you have a main character that you're immediately rooting for because his life sucks. Yeah, heavily. He still tries to use his ability to m- prevent bad things from happening. He's how, not does, a how, super- does his, how does his life suck? I, I would mean, say it's mediocre. It doesn't suck. He like, lives with his mom. No, he, no, doesn't. he doesn't. His mom came to live with him yeah. after he after that truck crashed. Oh, yeah. but his life does kind of suck. Like on the surface, it's a very mediocre mediocre life. His dreams just aren't coming true because people aren't accepting his art. He works at a very dead end job with nobody except for somebody who's like the next age group up and then the he, next age group down. He grew up with two kids that he knew getting murdered. Yeah. I I would say yeah. his life's kind of yeah. bad. And then uh, he mentions every time he goes through a revival... But he knew like, that he wasn't friends with them at that time. One of them was one, one of his them best was, friends. One, one of them. Yeah. One of them. I said two kids he knew growing um, up got murdered. But also he, he mentions that with, uh, with revival... Uh, most of the time, when he helps somebody out, something bad happens to him. Yeah. Like and him getting see, hit by a car. Yeah, a truck. Insert <laughs> car crash here. Yeah. Uh, and that even kind of keeps going into the series, where uh, even when he does successfully help Kayo, he still ends up in the hospital. In a coma. Yeah. For 15 years. Yeah. And, you know, I, I know that a couple of us picked up on who the actual killer and kidnapper was, which that was another part that I loved about the show, is trying to help other people. He knew Yuki was innocent. Yeah. And one of his main things, why he threw the brick through the dad's window, was to prove it. So yeah. that way the cops would be at the house and give him an alibi. Yeah, they even tell you in the first episode that Yuki wasn't the killer. Exactly. I was not... I would say... The part that made me confirm that the guy was the murderer, I'm trying to avoid that part as much as possible to the very end. Um, they've, if they're listening at this point, they've probably watched okay. the series. The one thing that got that convinced me that the teacher was the kidnapper yeah. was the candy in the car. That was the yes. one thing. Like every other part before, you mean that, like two episodes before it's revealed that he's the killer? Yeah, uh, like every other part before that, I had I didn't think it was him. I thought it was like the detective guy who was trying to help him because I was like, I mean, it kind of makes sense that you know if he's you know part of like you know he's a reporter and everything, he takes the news, mm-hmm. he could give that false information or this that and the other. Like he has alibis per se. Also, but, the wife not the wife, that's a good the guess, mom but... died right after she got called that one dude and told him I think I know who it is. That's so true. I, that kind of probably helps solidify the other two. Yeah, that's point. true. It does kind of push you along that path. Personally, the first time I watched it, I guessed it was the teacher. Same. During the scene 
where Satori is looking for Kayo's birthday in the teacher's lounge. And then that teacher uh, shows up and just like the way he was talking. And this is only in episode like two or three where this conversation happens. It happens really early on. Right. And just the way that um, the, the way that they're talking, that he's talking to Satori specifically, just he really rubbed me the wrong way. And I was like, I think this guy's the killer. And then the second time, this is now my second time going through it. Uh, it's really obvious, and to the point where, um, in the just in the first episode, when he kills the mom, and you just see like the red eyes, but nobody in the past has red eyes, obviously. Uh, but there's a discussion that Satori and the teacher are, happen are having in the teacher's lounge. I think it's after Kayo gets taken to foster care, but his eye, like the camera zooms in on his eyes, and then it does a transition to street lights. And I was like, oh my god, that's... <laughs> the, I, during the transition, his eyes get, like, red as it switches over to streetlights. I was like, holy shit, the show tells you. Um, I will say the... I thought it was going... A couple things. I thought it was going to be... I had a hunch it was him throughout mm. the entire show, pretty much. As soon as he was introduced, because he was on... When I was watching the Netflix on it, he was on the cover image. I was yeah, like, alright, this, this isn't on the main, this isn't the main character, what's this guy's deal? <laughs> I was like, this guy's totally fucking evil. And then throughout the entire show, I was like, you know what, I think he is, but he doesn't have the same eyes, dude. Can't, I was like, it's either him, or just some random fucking dude we don't even know. And, turns out, and then I texted Tyler, Frenchie, I texted Frenchie, and I was like, I was like, here's what episode I was on. I was like, I'm on episode blood. He's like, oh, dude, you're going to find out soon. I was like, I'm pretty sure it's the fucking teacher. And then when I asked Tyler, Frenchie, fuck, Jesus. When I asked Frenchie these questions, <laughs> like, hey, is it this guy? He mm, fucking 85% of the time responds with a fucking meme to distract me from the question that I have in my head. And I respond, like, by the, yeah. by, by the meme you just sent me, you confirmed my suspicions. Thank you for telling me. Yeah, I mean, Frenchie was texting me, and I kept on giving him, like, non-answers. <laughs> I, yeah, I was watching it. I, he asked me, he's like, is it the teacher? I didn't answer him. I was like, Chris nope. literally didn't even reply to my message. I read uh, it. I didn't reply. Yeah. That, that is also in my book of confirmation that I'm right. I, I told Frenchie, I thought that, too. <laughs> oh. And then I said, oh, fuck. And I'm like, no, it's still him. Yeah, so, I could tell from that that you were questioning it a bit. Like, oh, so what does that mean? That's a smart answer. I need to start doing that. The first thing that jumped out to me was just how the how he related to some of the kids. And that was just a red flag. I'm like, this is a show about a, a serial killer and kidnapper yeah. who the kids trusted. Yeah. It, it, that immediately, I'm like, oh, it's got to be him. And then actually when the candy fell, I'm like, okay, that's a deterrent. They yeah. want us to make us think it's him. Ah. But I, I'm still thinking it's like, nah, it, the evidence is still pointing to him. Mm -hmm. But like, they just want to put this in and make you think and then distract you with something else. But I'm like, mm, no. Because his excuse is a good excuse. He says yeah. he's been trying to quit smoking, so he's eating candy. My now. grandma did that. That's a, yeah. yeah, that's a real thing. But the, the look on Satoru's face... Satoru, Satoru's face, yeah. when he just looks down and sees the candy, he's like, where the fuck am I? And, Dude. <laughs> but like, and I thought it was supposed to be like a red herring type thing, but I also was like, he would just happen to be in the same area uh -huh. 
where uh, the mom and the little girl were. It's like, no, that's that's way too... The mom cool. being there was actually more of a coincidence. She was just there. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, when they were following Aya and all that happened, I'm like, no, I still still believe. And then when he came out when uh, he was thought the girl was in the bathroom, mm-hmm. I'm like, no, he's fucking, it's him. There's, there's no <laughs> reason for him to have walked all the way up there when he had front row seats, front row. unless he was trying to kidnap that girl. Yeah. yeah. And when Satoru got in the car with him, like, no! That <laughs> this was, kid's fucked! Yeah. And then the candy wasn't in there, and it's like, that's not his car. That's not his fucking... It's fucking him. And, I knew it! And when you see uh, Satori uh, struggling with the seatbelt, seat and you're like, he didn't struggle with it the first time. Why yeah. is that seatbelt buggy? That was, let me help you with that. That was my big thing was, again, I didn't suspect it was him until the candy fell out. I thought he was like, you know, an elementary school teacher. I thought he was trying to get along with the kids, you know. Help them through life kind of thing. I'm like, okay, this is a good guy. And then when the candy fell out, I'm like, this is a little sus, dude. And then this, and then when he... Red eye sus. Yeah. And then when it got to that point of uh, the bathroom thing, when he was going to the bathroom, I'm like, don't do it. Don't do it. And then as soon as he clicked the seatbelt, I'm like, no, it's going to backfire. And everything from that point, I was just a wreck. I was like, oh my God, no, this poor kid. He's trying to do everything right to fucking catch this guy. And he got fucking drowned. He he did catch them in the end, though. Not the way like, he expected. One of my favorite things in the show is the dynamic between him and Satori. Because of the father and son figure, like, like placement that they had. Yeah. Like, they definitely both cared for each other. Like, I still feel like no matter what, when, I feel like when you have someone that you've cared for in a, like, specific light, even though they do something evil, like, the extreme case, this guy did something terribly evil, right? Or was going to, in a sense. He, um, if someone in your life you care for very much, but they do something, like, relatively bad to you. You're going to be like, alright, no, fuck off, we're done. But you still have those feelings of care towards people, I feel like. You still, like, those feelings never go away. Mm-hmm. It's like you that, still have that. Kind of like a respect like, for them yeah, and to like, an extent. That's what he had. They, they still had that mutual shit for each other, even though he fucking wanted to hate that guy's... He did hate that guy's guts. And that's kind of like their whole dynamic where they, they need each other. Like, they filled the void... Between each other's whole, like like what their yeah. needs and their hearts and that's, I'll, that's I'll some talk deep more shit. about the rest of the show before like we get into that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> can we just talk really quick? One of the only moments that was stupid to me about the show is that his dad left over a candy bar. Yeah, his dad. That, no, that no, was wasn't his dad. That was the the girl uh, that, that worked. Him. Yeah, that works with him. Oh, with that's right. Shot. Okay. Then the Still fact that dumb. her dad left over a fucking candy bar? Well, her that mom divorced dumb. him over a candy bar. Yes. That's the part that I thought was stupid. Yeah. I will say, yeah, that was absolutely dumb. And then, of course, she was like, why did I believe him? It's like, why did you divorce him over a fucking candy bar? I thought that was dumb. Can right. we discuss, real quick, the beginning of the second to last episode... The story of the guinea pigs and how fucked that was. Before we get to that part of 
episode 11. Okay. I've set an alarm to remind me to talk about this because it's about episode 11. The opening, after he goes in the ice, he is not in the opening. It basically shows them growing up without him. Yeah. Because he's in the coma. I saw that, had to rewatch the beginning, and I'm like, did I miss something? Did they change it halfway through because I've been skipping it? But I saw that, and I started watching, I'm like, oh, that's fucking good. I that really like that opening. <laughs> yeah, that, that was does, smart uh... as hell. Because it's the exact same opening, just every instance of Satoru is just gone from it's it. gone. And then yeah. there's flooding that happens in it to showcase his brain basically going under the ice. Yeah. Uh, that was nuts. Um... <laughs> That. Oh Ooh. my god! Before we get to like the end of the series and stuff, how did you guys feel the first time he failed to save Kayo? I wanted to murder that chick's fucking parents. So I was that. raging. Um, I said I was going to break something, so I still have to break you for introducing us to the show. <laughs> I was so mad. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's kind of common in uh, in time travel shows to fail the first time you try to change something, but. To yeah. fail that way. Yeah, and and one thing I where in a way he kind of did everything right, and then it still just didn't work. Um, something I like that sets this one apart from like other time travel shows is in other ones you kind of see them like trying over and over again multiple times, and he just does it twice. Um, so it's not a bunch of just the same thing over and over again, and even when it is, it's. They change it so much, and to, to quote Frenchie's exact words, "If this girl still dies, I'm breaking something." <laughs> to quote myself as well later, I've wanted to cry twice, and other times have made me want to throw hands. Yeah, that was one of the times that made me wanted to do both. <laughs> Another thing, I'm so tired of Stephanie. She she. Voice characters destroying my emotions. First Yui, <laughs> then Mitsuha, and now Kayo. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was going to say is Stephanie Shea is one of the main characters in Sword Online. She plays Yui, their daughter. I got to watch her fucking die. I did too. And then she plays Mitsuha, who I also got to watch die. <laughs> now Kayo, who we don't see die, but we know she dies yeah. multiple times. Fuck my emotions. Typecasting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's got the voice for it. I will say the irony that they hid her at his hideout without realizing oh, dude, it. dude, that scared the shit oh, out of that me. That terrified it. I was so scared for her. That was another point where I knew it was him because he's the one that was like, that's a real good place for a kidnapper, huh? That oh, as soon as he made that line, it's like, well, my my suspicions are confirmed. When yeah. he said that makes a good place for a hideout, that was where I was kind of that's where I was more conf- like confirming myself. I'm like, yeah, if it's a hideout, he shouldn't know about that. Yeah, but well, uh, the Satori describes it to him, but yeah. then he's like, that's a real good place for a kidnapper to hang out. And when he just used the word kidnapper, I was like, huh. What's- Kind of specific. That yeah, that was... the kids already have a hideout, and yeah. everybody knows that they have a hideout. So they could have just. So he could have easily just said, "Oh, that sounds like a really good place for kids to kind of hang no, out." He at. specifically said, "Well, I guess that is a good place any for a kidnapper." Yeah, uh, this I will dude, say though, this fuck. 
in a way, that was really smart of them to hide her there, too. Because it's probably the last place he would expect there to be someone hidden. She was also smart enough to stay quiet when uh, she didn't yeah. hear the three knocks. Yeah. And that was one thing, is that at first it looked like he was maybe dropping something off to send her a message. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. That's what I'm... And I'm, that... And then you find out later, it's like, no, he was so frustrated, that's why he kicked the box. Yeah. It's like, oh, fuck, he didn't know she was there. Yeah, and when she, uh, when Satori tells him that, he's genuinely surprised. Yeah. I want to know, like, how pissed off he was to know that the girl he wanted to kidnap and kill was, was literally it, what, in was, his back. Was a foot away from was him. Was literally hiding in plain sight. <laughs> <laughs> was hiding in the place that he was going to take her. Yeah, he literally just had to move the sheet. Yeah. Going to episode 11. Job complete. Yeah, we can go there now. <laughs> the story of the guinea pigs. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What a way to start that episode, for oh, one thing. Yeah. At first, when he was talking about I'm like, oh, maybe this isn't the story of, you know, how he became, you know, a twisted as fuck. I mean, it like, kind of is. Yeah, yeah, he's like, I got my bottle of white wine, and I dropped them in one by one. I'm like, <laughs> excuse me? I'm like... What? And then he said, like, he watched them all drown for three days until one of them was standing on the body of his brother. I'm like, how twisted are you? I mean, this is a guy that kidnapped and murdered children. So yeah. Like, but that's not even the worst thing he does in the series. Yeah. But the I do like the uh, humanity, <laughs> kind of, of how he's like, I kept the one that survived me in the spice. And, you know, if you can't remember, like, in a way, like... You can tell that mirrors uh, Satori, where, you know, he goes into a coma, which, obviously, he, he had to have dragged him out of the car. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. never as, explained. As soon as he made the comment, I know your future, yeah. he's definitely the one that saved him. There's yeah. Otherwise, he's dead. There's and, no... And yeah. he took, probably took credit for it, because that wasn't his car anyway. Yeah. yeah. But Cause... also, my first question is, why were you out here when you were at the game? <laughs> yeah, because, like... Again, what I was about to say, like, it it ties up well, and plus, it was never specified how, you know, how he survived. That's the only logical explanation. But even 15 years later, you know, he visited him every day. He had a will to keep him alive. He could have killed the kid any time. He could have just been like, yoink, there, there's because a moment. The void. There's yeah. a moment where uh, there's, like, a flashback where while he's in the coma... Oh, the, the he he's pulls out a razor, and then he starts shaving him. He could have killed him right there. Exactly. Like, he had so many chances to do so, but again, obsessed. what you were saying, the void. He fills the they void fi- in his they, heart. Com- they kind of complete each other, like the yin-yang thing. And it's like the Joker and Batman. Satori yeah. even addresses that in his speech at the end. Yeah. And I thought for sure he was going to say something like, you can't kill me, you can't live without me. And I thought he was going to look at him like in the eye and say, I'm your spice. And I was going to fucking die. I was just expecting him to reference the guinea pigs, but I'm like, wait, he doesn't know about the guinea pigs. Yeah. yeah. I, re- I really wish that they would have explained their whole, or like just shown them coming up with that whole plan. I'm glad they, they didn't. Had... I'm really glad they didn't. Yeah, it, I am too. It happened while he was like pretending to not know anything. So. Yeah, well, like he, they told us that he knew, and yeah. his friends, like, yeah, we're fucking, we're in it with you, dog. I want to know, like, them talking. I want us to see them talking about their plan, like, what they were going to do, like, I'm fine organizing with that. I'm honestly like, glad that they didn't because that scene where he just lets go and you hear the crash, I'm like, 
What? I thought like they they were gonna just end the show with both of them dying. Yeah. They they could have done it with like him letting go, and then you look up and he sits there and just like I don't know if he waves at him or winks at he him. Winks at he winks at him. Winks at him, and then you do, like a flashback to him explaining it. But I'm glad that we didn't get it because I mean it's self-explanatory. His friends were gonna go along with it because they already knew that he knew something they didn't. Yeah. One of my favorite narrative choices when he came out of the coma is his inner monologue was voiced by his child self. Yes. Uh, and that's all he could remember. Yeah, and that was so perfect because until he got his memories back, the memories of his 29-year-old self didn't exist. He w- That is the only time in the series that we actually see what child Satori was like. Mm-hmm. Was right out of that coma. Yeah, because every other time in the series, it was he's his possessed inner monologue. By him, well, by his, his inner self, monologue yeah. was his older, yeah, his yeah. older self. And I, I agree with you. That was genius the yeah. way they did that. I enjoyed it very much. Yeah, and then he finally got his like normal uh, inner monologue back. Which, I mean, what? How kind of cheatery? Because he missed fifteen years of his life, so he missed out on all that like education and schooling. But then he just got back all of his memories of that from his, from his alternate timeline. He still remembers everything from the revival that happened. Yeah. He's basically like Rat from Zodiac War. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. But almost Why a more is everything extreme, going full circle one. between everything that we transition to, I feel like? I don't know. Maybe we just have a particular taste. What <laughs> if Satoru is Rat? Whoa. Ooh, whoa, whoa. He just dyed his hair. Whoa. That's what he was actually doing for 15 years. Um, oh, well, that's good because that means he finally cut off the stupid hair style that. So, one thing I wanted to like to talk to you guys about before we stopped talking about this show was uh, remember when I, we were upstairs and I was like, hey, what's the one thing you guys think I hate about this show? And you guys all guessed it fucking wrong. I'll give you guys each one more guess before I tell you. I really don't want to. Just tell okay. us. I had an idea, but since we were talking about it, I forgot what it was. But I'm interested if you say it, if it's going to remind me of it. Yeah, you got one more guess if you want it. I'm staying hell-bent on the fact of fucking her I just, parents. I just told you you were wrong. I'm, yeah. I don't care. Yeah, that but, is a yeah fuck. but you have to hate Kyle's parents. Yeah. Because well, I do. Fuck them. Yeah, no, I do. I told you guys I wanted to beat the fuck out of them. Yeah. Well, what um, was the moment? It's uh, Kyle's mom and Satori's mom's lips. Uh, I also had that I, thought I with Satori. I fucking hate them. I... Yeah, they do have, like, poofy lips. It makes me so fucking mad, dude. It makes it look like they have, like, a little butthole on their mouth. Yeah. <laughs> pisses me off. It's like, it's nasty. Dude, I, get those lips away I've, from the show. Yeah, I've seen that in other shows. I hate it. I, I don't know. It did just irritate. Every time they're on the screen, I like the character of his mom, but... And I just... That made me even hate Kyle's mom even more. Just fuck that design choice. That's all I'm saying. I hated it. It made me mad as fuck every time I saw it. The, the moment that made me mad was when Kaya walked in with a baby. Just because I immediately <laughs> am like, No! That means she's with someone! Yep. Fuck! Like, not mean, just someone. His, his, his friend. friend. You yeah. expect her to wait 15 years, bro? I didn't expect her to. I was just hoping there was a chance. Maybe she hadn't married someone. But no. Not only is she married, has a kid, but she's also married and has a kid with one of his closest friends. Yep. Who he also saved. Yep. I will ask this question before we wrap up. The very ending where he re-meets up with the girl underneath the bridge. Mm-hmm. IRA or something like that. Was that a good end choice? I fuck with it. 
It was fine. No. Yeah. Now she's of age, so yes, it was a great end choice. I mean, they could still be friends no matter what. And I, that's all I ever felt about them anyway. I told Tyler I feel he, weird because about the age gap. They still have Yeah, but he big. also felt weird, which made me feel okay with it. That was one of the some of the best quotes. Like when he said, Wow, wow, or damn, you're pretty. And he's like, No, no, you're tw- dude, you're twenty nine. Come yeah. on. That <laughs> cracked me up. When he was oh, a yeah. kid? Yeah. 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 Twenty nine. Like, like, also I said that out loud. Yeah, those lines as well. It's like and then the uh witch. Yeah. <laughs> I love witch. Psychic witch. Yeah. About I, I don't think that Satori ever saw that girl a in a in a romantic way. Just a friendship way. Just a friendship yeah. way. Um, especially since in the little ending montage where how things have been going since it, people didn't die and he woke up from his coma, the uh, the one girl whose name I can't remember that stole the money from Kyle. Yeah, I know you're talking about. Uh, she like. Yeah, she kind of got into the group, and they, there's like a moment where they're at the bar, and, and he looks at her, it. and he's like blushing because he thinks she's hot, and I think that that's like the kind of romance. And she also, Misato. yeah, and she also did a fundraiser when he yeah. ended up in the hospital. I should so them together. Yeah, I think they're the ones who are gonna end up together. I, I truly don't believe that there was any intended romantic things between yeah. Satori and his coworker. I, and I think they really reinforce that every time somebody brings it up and he's like, dude, she's 17 and I, he's 29. Yeah, but <laughs> now I think it's obviously further in the future, so she's over 18. She's 20 when the series ends. She's 20 and he's 33. Uh, but... That's you Hefner shit, bro. But I still don't think they're going to end up together. And I don't I, want them to end up together. I think the ending kind of just left it kind of up to interpretation. Yeah. yeah. But I think it was mostly because of a friendship. Yeah. And I did not ship him um, with Misato because the only ship that's good enough for him is Kaio. That's what I originally yeah. shipped him with but then as soon as I saw Baby, ship went out the window. O- originally, yeah. I thought he was going to live all 18 years and it was just going to be like him saving the kids and we weren't even going to really find out who the murderer was. He was going to relive those 18 oh, years yeah. and build a life with Kaio and we were just going to see, like, how he changed throughout his life. And then it changed even further. And yeah. got darker and made me cry. Yeah. The the show kind of changes again once he starts drowning. Uh, I, yeah. <laughs> I personally, I enjoyed and didn't enjoy the very end. I like the idea that they obviously, you know, left it to interpretation. I feel like the phrasing and the wording of how they interacted could have been a little better versus like, Hey, it's snowing. Mind if I hang out, out you know, down here with you kind of thing. Well, cause they, were, felt technically, a, they were technically strangers. Yeah. It just, yeah. it felt uh, obviously, I mean, I know to them it, it felt accurate, but to me it just felt a little off. Yeah. They, they also met, uh, four years later than they normally would. Have. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they were strangers and that's, where they both went to go hang out. Yeah, because the series yeah. starts in 2006 and ends in 2010. Yeah. So I remembered the part that I thought was going to be the thing that pissed you off because it also pissed me off. <laughs> Not like a writing choice, a style choice. It was just one of the characters and the things they did. Yeah. And it was the fucking paparazzi. And it was a great like add-on to the series just to piss you off and feel worse. Oh, yeah. Oh, the time-traveling pedophile? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. You know, he's... 
25 years old but still a kid at heart, the time-traveling yeah. pedo. When you see him talking to the girl with cancer about yeah. her surgery coming up. Yeah, and he's just trying to be, like, nice to her, and they're yeah. going to try and spin it. It's like, God, fucking TMZ, fuck off. Yeah. It's, it's like a whole fucking... It's, it's like a whole chill hero thing all over again. Yeah. yeah. That that pissed me. I thought that was going to be the thing that pissed you off. Yeah, I know. I also made that, yeah. Yeah, I randomly just remembered that a little while ago. I was just being stupid with one of my comments. Like, I'm being serious. It did make me mad. But it's also funny. Yeah. And then even uh, even Yuki ended up uh, having a family. When, that yeah. made me so happy, dude. Yeah, he, he gets a wife and a kid. And that made me happy because, like, even though you're told in the first episode that he's not the, the killer, when you actually go back in time, everybody in the world except for Satori hates Yuki. Yeah. And they just shit on him because he's, oh. like, kind of a weirdo. And when he still, you know, he wants to double check. And he asked, like, do you know Kayo? Oh, that was intense. And then yeah. he's just like, yeah. And then he's like, well, he's been, she's been hanging out with me and my friends. And, like, he goes silent for a second. You're wondering, it's like, is it actually Yuki? Yeah. And then he's like, oh, that's so great. That's the best thing for yeah. her. And, like, you can see he's genuinely happy for her. It's like, now nah, this guy did not kill any kids. Yeah, but then you see that he does have, like, those magazines in his room. But then later on, you find out that his that they're his dad's, and he makes him keep those in his room. And they they mention in like the court case that they're like the pedophile magazines, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, Yuki was just thrown in a really shitty corner. Yeah, yeah. he was. Uh, <laughs> I gotta say the the teacher, just such a brilliant written character. Oh, hundred yeah. oh percent. God, just everything from. To him as a teacher, being just a great teacher in general, gave me a Sausage Classroom vibes. Yeah. With how, like, you know, caring he was. And then you find out why he's so caring. And it's like, well, that's fucking terrifying. Yeah. And then just how brilliant, you know, how brilliant his crimes were. To, you know, spray the body with water and have it freeze and then put her back in the shed. That, that was fucking brilliant. And he always makes sure that he can have somebody he can easily frame before he yeah. did anything. And framing Yuki was so easy. Yeah. I will say, Yuki's a little weird. He's he's weird, but he's not a bad guy. No. Mm -hmm. but he's a little show... creepy, but he's not a creep. Yeah. yeah. So what did you guys think? What would you give this uh, show rating-wise? Oh, man. Uh, well, the so, one that assigned it. Yeah, so this is my second time watching it. I still think... Like, it's such a good kind of package. I gotta give it a 10 out of 10. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and I, I want to I mention that, you know, uh, we, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago where our ratings are very contextual as to the series themselves. Uh, I can't think of things wrong with this series that would bring down its... Overall value? Yeah. That's fair. Uh, just the, the the storytelling is so good. The parts where I like should be pissed off or should be sad, I definitely was. Uh, and I loved, the, I loved the characters and the writing so much. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm really happy that I went on a whim to watch this show. And I, I'll probably end up watching it again at some point. So for me, it goes back a little bit to what I said when we talked about the year of 2019 that I'm pretty big on my top 10 list. Yeah. I literally sent a message to you guys saying yeah. I think I need to reevaluate my top 10. Yeah, that made me really happy when you said that. I, I, yeah. 
I was like, I feel good about my assignment. So this show was one of two shows this year Mm -hmm. that I've watched that have made me, like, say things out loud in response to them. The other one being Haikyuu, which hyped me up and I love for a completely (laughs) different reason. I love Haikyuu. I'm so glad you you told me about that. So, you know, those both are probably in my top ten at this point. It made me love a show in a way that I haven't since I watched Dr. Stone. Ooh. It made me want to watch more of it, knowing that there's no more of it, that I haven't felt in a way since I watched Sort Art Online, <laughs> which is my favorite anime and one of my all-time favorite shows in general. Mm-hmm. That tells you how much I loved this show. It's an easy 10 out of 10 for me. Between the emotions, the twists and turns, the writing, the villain. Like I said before, he's such an amazing character. And even though we figured it out kind of early on, you still don't 100% see it coming because yeah. it gives you red herrings yeah. so many different times. And the show gives you like other options about who it could be. Would you say this is your number two? No, it's still, no. it is still not ahead of Code Geass, Mab, maybe even Promised Neverland. But I will say of the now 11 shows, or 10 shows, I think, that we have watched and reviewed, it is a close number two right behind Promised Neverland, and I really have to evaluate the two of them <laughs> to see which one I like more. And that's saying something, because Promised Neverland is a yeah. genius. Yes. Yeah. I have artwork for that show, and I was absolutely obsessed with it when it was coming out for the first season. So... <laughs> Surprise, surprise. I gave it a 10 out of 10, too. I fuck with this show so fucking hard, it's not even funny. I, I got attached to it as soon as the fucking he introduced his whole concept of his skill. I, I loved it. I thought it was awesome. I thought the time limit was pretty, like, pretty, you know, it was okay. I thought yeah. it was, like, kind of reasonable, you know? Yeah, and then not immediately too crazy. throws and just, out all and the And then it throws out everything. <laughs> <laughs> and for a fucking loop. And you're like, alright, let's go. And then it just kept changing and changing and changing. I mean, like, what, I was, like, on the edge of my seat. I was getting mad as shit. There's, like, moments in my life where, like, I'll just be sitting down and you're like, you know, I can fuck something up right now. And, re- like, I probably wouldn't be able to do that in regards. But I felt so angry. Like, I could see my veins. I had veins popping. My- I felt like my eyes were going to pop out of my head. I would have cried in this show if 100%. No, I didn't watch this at work. I watched six episodes Monday and six episodes Tuesday. I would have benched it if I didn't have to work Tuesday night. All I, at once. I want to ask you, because you said on the group chat that you were going to get really cozy and watch the second half of the series. <laughs> How... How cozy were you for the second half of the series? So I got my my, my bamboo pillow out, right? Uh-huh. I got my big-ass comforter. I curled up on the couch. I got all cozy. It was nice and warm. I put in a fat dip. Okay? Press play. Watched it. Two episodes, guy. Two episodes, go by. Take out the dip. Put in a new one. And then kept, like, doing that. Uh-huh. Through a whole can. I was focused. <laughs> oh my God. I didn't even eat. But, like, I, I would have cried if I wasn't so fucking mad the entire show. <laughs> and, like... I've, Those fucking lips. Like, that made me mad as fuck. If it, and, like, so Anahana, right? I loved Anahana. That show, I, I don't think I gave it a 10 out of 10. You gave it a 9. It would have gotten a 10 out of 10 if, I feel like, looking back on it now, if it didn't wasn't so slow in the beginning. Because yeah. this one caught my attention right away. I felt hella emotions the entire time. 
I wanted to beat the fuck out of that chick's parents, and I would have went to jail for it 100%. And, like, just all kind of... I wanted to fuck... I was just fucking in this show. I was immersed into it. Like, I, when I'm into shows, I will run in, and I'll go talk to my sister. Be like, hey, well, you'll never guess what's fucking going on. <laughs> and I'll be sitting there talking to her about the show for 30 minutes or more, just talking about it. While she's just sitting there like, yeah, Zach, get the fuck out of here. Please leave me alone. I don't give a shit. And I'll be sitting there... Terribly explaining it because I'm not good at telling stories, <laughs> and it just makes it even worse. And I'll go back and I'll just get cozy again and watch it. It's like I just phenomenal show. Like it's so fucking good. I just I loved it all around. It was just soundtrack was good, anime was just phenomenal. Yeah, the that opening was awesome, and then the closing is just so calm and gets and to, and just right before the, just you get back in, into the store. In between, like in just in the show in general, like just yeah. a little the musical shit you get. When it's happening, you know it's fucking tight. Yeah, just so good. I, I loved it so much. I'm so happy you said this. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I've got two ratings for this actually. Two of them. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, I've got my ten and a hundred out of a hundred. No, I've got my uh my normal rating, and I have my anxiety rating. Anxiety. Oh yeah, well. Yeah, my yeah. anxiety rating gives uh, on a scale of one to ten of how low I would have liked to have kept my anxiety during watching this. I easily give it a one. Yeah. Because my anxiety was way the fuck up there. And that's part of the reason why last week I kind of gave trigger warnings. Yeah. Uh, just because of how intense the show is. Just gets. like with with the abuse and shit. Like yeah. That. And I should have listened to them and I completely ignored them. My actual rating, though, my normal rating, definitely 10 out of 10. It, it's up there with... Uh, <laughs> Five stars all around! It's definitely up there with, like, Death Parade for me and how much I loved it. Yeah. I really like Death Parade. But I like this one because of how, like, how intense it is and how it keeps you, like, it keeps you in it the entire time. Yeah. Uh, I know I said earlier, like, at the beginning, it didn't pique my interest too, like, it didn't seem to have interested me too much. And then it got to when the mom died. Since that point, like, re-evaluating the beginning and everything... It, it was truly a masterpiece. Like, I don't... It caught my attention the entire time. I'd watch it during my lunch break at work, and when that episode would get over, I'm like, I... The worst part about it was, every time I watched it on my lunch break, it was at a spot where it couldn't have been more intense. <laughs> and I'd have to wait until I got off work, seven hours later... To watch that next part and be like, what happened? That show doesn't have very many good stopping points, which is why both times I just kind of ate the series. So it's like, I can't stop here. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I'm just going to watch all of it today. Yeah. <laughs> After the first episode, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm not putting this down. <laughs> so, I regret so my good. decisions now. I'm oh so happy. You, like, dude. I, had a, I was on my list for a long time, but it was just on the back burner. So I was like, all right, just... Looks tight. I might be bored one day and watch it. And I was like, looking back past self, you fucking idiot! Well, so, now you can have a revival and watch it sooner. Yeah, you, ooh. My fiance actually like started watching one of the first episodes when I was working one night, mm-hmm. and like I came home and asked her like what she thought. I was like, no, it was you know it was all right, but it really didn't catch her interest. I went in and as I'm getting ready to watch the show, I look at the minute mark. It's like, well, you're only like 14 minutes in. Why'd you stop watching? And I watched the first episode. I'm like, you really should have kept watching. <laughs> you really <laughs> should have kept watching. Like four minutes later is when the mom gets stabbed and the yeah. entire plot of the show changes. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, oh. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah, it went from like, oh, look, a cute story about a manga writer who you know tries to help people to, that bitch got stabbed. 
think <laughs> this <laughs> is the first show that we've given a complete 100% platinum on this. I don't think I've given a 10 yet to a show. I don't think you have either. I, I know Wick Hart was pretty salty when I gave uh, Death Parade a 9 just yeah. because yeah. there were some things that I didn't... Oh, that was a lot. You gave Anahara a uh, 8.5, I think, actually. Because you gave Death Parade a 9. I think you gave it an 8.5. I think, I think Death Parade... I think you guys gave it... What'd you guys give it? You guys we gave, gave it tens. tens. Yeah, so yeah. you're the only fucking reason that it wasn't a ten. You son of a bitch. You you took that from me. Yeah, well, you know what? The show was better than Death Parade. It deserved <laughs> to be the first this was real. Yeah, I would yeah, say... Yeah, but like we said earlier in the last episode, the scales change between show and show because they do different things, right? You said that. Yeah, so I within, would within say, the context of its show. Yeah, so, yeah well, but yeah. even taking the context of the show, this was a better show. I'm guessing we're done. <laughs> Yeah, that's the end of our episode. Thank you all for watching. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining. Uh, don't forget about the assignment, Agretzuko. I'll probably butcher the name again. And we will talk to you all next week. Have a good one. Bye, Bye guys. See you next revival. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Weekly Weaves podcast. We'll be back next week with more exciting anime talk. Make sure to join us every show to stay up to date with what's going on in the world of anime. We'll catch you next time.